Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, and let's just jump into it. Y'all, the first thing that we're gonna talk about today, I had a lot of people requesting this story. There's been this massive debate around Britney Spears right now, but they're trending on Twitter this morning because of nude photos she posted to her Instagram. And then she covers her chest with her hands or emojis, also putting emojis between her legs. And you had a number of people looking at these photos and saying, oh, this is proof that she's erratic, you know, she's unwell, this is why she was in a conservatorship, saying someone needs to step in. You also have people defending her, and personally, I'm of the mindset of that kind of, because I, being Philip DeFranco, have no idea what's going on in the mind of Britney Spears. So one, I'm not gonna tell this woman what she can or cannot do with her body. I'm not the majority of the Supreme Court. And two, while I don't know what the truth is about you know how she's doing, what's going on with her, I, I do know that a lot of people, when we look at others, we go, you know, this is normal or it's not based off of who we are, based off of our life experience or experiences we've seen. And plainly put, I have no idea what it is to have been Britney Spears. I mean, just look at everything she's gone through. Right, as a teenager, she was hypersexualized, later abused by a ridiculous society and media, which then pushed her into a conservatorship she got stuck in for 13 years. For 13 years, her life was not her own. Whether it be controlling money, her body, what she was putting out to the public, and to feel for how many of those 13 years that the people that are supposed to be caring for you, your family, have been exploiting you. So who am I to say I know how I would be acting if for about two decades I was different versions of a punching bag? I hope she's well. If she's not hurting anybody, it's not my business. Leave Britney Spears alone. Then, what else do we have today? Oh, Mike Tyson will not be facing criminal charges for going clobbering time on that guy on the plane, which I think makes sense to pretty much everyone that saw the videos leading up to that guy getting punched. And more specifically, the San Mateo County District Attorney saying, because of the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident, the interaction between Mr. Tyson and the victim, as well as the request of both the victim and Mr. Tyson, no charges are gonna be filed. You also had Tom Brady in the news because this guy just can't stop winning. Because while yes, you have to deal with one and or maybe still several more seasons of this guy beating your favorite team. He'll now still be connected to the sport for another decade after he retires because he's going to be an NFL analyst for Fox Sports. And you know what's the craziest thing about this? He will be making more money over 10 years as a Fox Sports analyst than he did his entire NFL career. Tom Brady just stays winning. Then, removing any speculation and debate about it, Elon Musk has now publicly said he would reverse Twitter's ban on former President Donald Trump, saying he thinks Twitter made a mistake doing this, calling it a morally bad decision, foolish in the extreme. Well, Donald Trump is said he won't be coming back. You know, he still cares about Truth Social. Come on, you know that's not true. And then let's talk about our BAMF or rather BAMFs of the day because you have Mark Rober and company. So Rober just put out this video where he was unleashing cockroaches, stink bombs, and so much more on this call center in India. And while it sounds like the premise for a douchebag of the day, he did it for very good reason. Because these were not just any old call centers, they were scam call centers. And he did all of this in an effort to either shut them down and or bring attention to the harm that they caused. Because as Rober notes, the scams are rampant. For just last year, 60 million people lost money to these scams, including the focal point of this video, a woman by the name of Bessie, who was the subject of one of his previous videos. As for how these scams work, Rober explains, basically starts with an email or a spam call, then they pretend to be Amazon or Microsoft, and they tell the victim they've been charged $200 for something, but if you call back, you can dispute the charge. Then after they call, they eventually get on the victim's computer and importantly, have the victim type the $200 refund amount into a bogus form. Please enter your refund amount. Only they take over and secretly type the amount of $20,000 and then they hit enter real quick. Check everything, is it correct? Oh no, this is a mistake. Oh, I screwed up. Oh I, Jesus. I'm, it was supposed to be a, a oh, 200 Christ. in there. Oh, oh God almighty. I'm exhausted, I can't do this. My mind is 
absolutely fried. Please check your account. Did you really receive that money in your account? Then they take her to a totally fake spoofed bank account page where it looks like because of Bessie's mistake, they just sent her $20,000 instead of 200. With a scammer then turning on the waterworks. Oh my God, plus 20,000. Yeah. Please save my job, ma'am. If I'll not earn for my family, my family will die due to hunger, due to starvation. Oh, yes, please, of course. I mean, please what should I do? I mean, I can... bad for you. You are also like my grandmother. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an honest you person. You are making me I, cry I'm... now. You are making me cry now. You're... I'm getting attached to you. Now, how do I fix this? And the scammers emotionally manipulate victims into going to the bank, withdrawing what they believe is the extra $20,000, but it's actually their own money, and then they actually send the money to the scammers. And of course, there are other versions of the scam, but Mark noting that 90% of the scam victims are over 60 years old, and the scams are actually designed specifically for retired people. I imagine one, because it's easier to trick them, and two, uh, young people don't have money. If someone tried to do this to me back in my college days, I'd've been like, oh, I'm sorry, you're breaking up, I can't hear you. But understand, these scammers are wild successful. According to some computer work, Rober and his team did at least one center made over $18 million a year. And so as far as this team, yeah, you had Mark Rober, he worked with Jim Browning, as well as a YouTube channel called Trilogy Media that would act as the boots on the ground in India, and eventually teaming with Johnny, a reform scammer who wants to take down the industry as well, with them turning their focus to four centers, Met Technologies, VMR Business Solutions, Onsh Info Solutions, and a fourth that was left unnamed. They hired private investigators to work in those centers, and while yes, they had to scam people to do that, they made sure to save the victim's information so they could return the lost money and double it later. And so then Mark went through different pranks, saying that he wanted to do things that would disrupt the day, but not really harm anyone. That including stink bombs disguised in a water bottle, cockroaches described in a box lunch, releasing rats, soap that turned your hands blue, leaving a box of Viagra with the boss's name in the bathroom, foggers, and a package that of course included glitter bombs, a Mark Rover specialty. And as Trilogy Media went around collecting things for this prank, you had Mark explaining that the people in India were great and hate these scams as much as everyone else. This is a good time to point out that the real people of India were just so freaking lovely. It's true that nearly every Every scam call you get originates from that country, but everyone in India hates these scammers too. They are a tiny, tiny fraction of the total population, and no one wants to be defined by the worst in their midst. You know, with all this, it wasn't completely smooth sailing. There were times where they almost got caught, had to scrap the whole thing, with them at one point getting inside of a group text among thousands of scam call workers, some having recognized the trilogy media guys and were concerned that they were working with the FBI, with one person even saying that wherever you see them, you shoot them. Well, understandably, that almost ended everything. The trilogy media folks decided, hey, let's keep going and just wouldn't leave their hotel rooms. And in the video, they have all this CCTV footage showing the scam workers responding to all the pranks, with the workers ultimately getting paranoid, started checking everyone's bags and lunchboxes, also started making death threats, so as Mark explains. So we didn't think it was safe enough to launch our attacks on the other three centers to try and get them shut down. But the beautiful thing is, we didn't have to. Big centers in Kolkata and Delhi are closed from today, as well as Monday, as per the information I got from all my friends. We had created enough confusion and mass panic that not only did the other three centers get shut down, but we got all the large scam centers all across India shut down for a few days too. With them noting that amounted to roughly $2 million that didn't go from victims to scammers. And after leaving India, the Trilogy Media guys sent a message to the scammer group chat saying they have all their information and was going to turn it over to the FBI. And as far as the fourth unnamed center, Mark Rober notes, The good news is that because of some developments we've been involved in, the fourth center here is gonna be raided by the authorities in India and shut down very, very soon. But of course, like Mark added, the, the bad news is that there are still more of these guys out there. Or let the older ones in your family know this is a thing. Obviously, yes, hope that the authorities deal with this problem because it's become far too big. But yeah, I guess the main thing of this story is Mark and this group, you're our bamfs of the day, and hey, finally a prank video that I don't hate. But from that, I wanna take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Keeps. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35? 
life. You don't just have to sit around and wait for this to happen to you. Whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair that you have, Keeps has you covered. Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with a scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And now in addition to clinically proven treatments, Keeps has an award-winning all-natural thickening shampoo and conditioner system. And you can get these products delivered directly to your door, meaning no more going in person to the doctor's office for your prescription, saving you both valuable time and money. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DeFranco, or just click that link in the description down below to receive 50% off your first order. And then remember Casey White and Vicky White, the six foot nine Alabama inmate and his small correction officer girlfriend, who once again, despite the last names and this being in Alabama are not related. Y'all stereotypes aren't cool. I've got extended family in Alabama and this stereotype is not 100% accurate, Roll Tide. But main thing, like I predicted a few days ago, of course these two were gonna get caught and it's now happened. The man is six foot nine and has ears so big he could probably hear colors. Also, when I talked about this, I got some pushback because I said, you know, if you just look around and you see a six foot nine person, that's either gonna be Casey White or someone in the NBA. And a lot of people are like, I'm six foot nine and I'm not in the NBA. Waste of height. If you're tall and you don't do a tall person thing, you should be legally required to donate some of those inches to some short kings. Hell, even five foot eight guys out there fighting for their life, give them four. But we're getting sidetracked, right? Leading up to yesterday, the couple was actually spotted last week in Southern Indiana by a man named James who owned a car wash. So James taking a look at the security tape saying, you know, I think this guy is Casey White. And here there's either dispute or confusion regarding the timeline because you had James saying he was in contact with Marshall since Wednesday saying, U.S. Marshall Service called me. They sent me a text message called from Alabama. And they said, I heard you got a truck towed. I said, I did. I said, that's that guy from Alabama. He said, yes, it is. So he said, I got U.S. Marshals coming to you even as I speak. And they didn't show up till this morning. So based on that, it sounds like the Marshals took about a week to arrive, but then you have the Marshals saying they didn't get the tip until Sunday and were actually watching the couple by Monday morning. But either way, the White's capture started after they noticed Vicky leaving a hotel room with a wig on, getting into a vehicle with Casey. They followed the car, which eventually led to a chase. And during that call, the dispatcher noted we could hear Vicky on the line saying she had her finger on the trigger, with the chase eventually ending in a crash. With Casey giving up peacefully and asking authorities to help his wife who was shot in the head. Though, to be clear, it's assumed that the couple never married, but authorities noted that they believe that Vicky may have taken her own life. Life. But we're gonna have to wait for the coroner's office to examine the body to make a confirmation. But for now, that's where we are, and we have to kind of wait for any more answers. You know, it's widely speculated that Vicky came up with this plan. Her former coworker saying as much, saying that Casey was behind bars, and saying he really couldn't plan too much behind bars. But yes, I think personally, I think she was the one to put the plan together. And adding, she arranged, purchased the getaway car, she sold her house, got her hands on cash, she went shopping, bought clothes for him. She just, she just obviously put the plan together. And we may get answers soon because Casey has reportedly been open and candid with investigators. As far as Casey, he is being brought back to. Alabama, where he is facing previous murder charges on top of serving a 75-year sentence for other crimes. And then, in huge international news, we should talk about the Philippines, because yesterday, Filipinos went to the polls to vote for a new president. Or the big question in the air of who is going to replace the extremely controversial Rodrigo Duterte, best known for his misinformation and blunt and draconian approach to many issues, especially drugs. His government essentially greenlighting vigilantism if it meant that drug users and sellers were the ones killed. And as far as who is going to replace him, many people were gunning for that spot, including famous boxer-turned-politician Manny Pacquiao, who seemed like a real possibility until he definitely wasn't, with the only real competition being between Ferdinand Marcos Jr. and Lenny Robredo. And this was a really interesting face-off. Robredo was Duterte's vice president, but she was very critical of many of his policies, which absolutely makes sense because in the Philippines, unlike in the United States, vice presidents run on their own ballot. And while her campaign was considered wildly successful and will likely transform how future Filipino campaigns are run, right, she got a lot of the youth vote. As far as winners and losers, it didn't matter because initial counts have Marcos securing 31 million votes, which is over double what Robredo is believed to have won. But right now, there are a lot of different opinions about why Marcos Jr., who many in the country call by his childhood nickname Bong Bong, 
won this election. Some see it as continued support of Duterte. This because among other things, Bong Bong said he would defend Duterte against international investigations. With him also being backed by Sarah Duterte, who is Rodrigo's daughter. Also, she ran and won the vice presidency. And many people associate Bong Bong with kind of the, the strongman image that, yes, you got with Rodrigo Duterte, but also Marcos Jr.'s father. Because his dad was once the country's dictator before being kicked out in the 80s following a democratic revolution. And while many people associate his father's time in power with just brutal repression, it brings us to the second possible reason he has been thrust into power, and that is mass misinformation. But as the New York Times notes, the Philippines was once described by a Facebook executive as patient zero in the global disinformation epidemic. And noting that the disinformation in this election has been peddled on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, with many Filipino YouTubers going live at the rallies while echoing the candidate's election narrative, spreading mass mis and disinformation, ranging from the widely debunked rumor that the Marcoses had acquired a huge stash of gold from a royal family that would be shared with the general public, to painting Robredo as a communist who accomplished nothing in office, and wildly whitewashing his father's time in power. And his online and social campaign has been very successful, with it being reported that he drew much of his support from young people, who say they enjoy watching his YouTube videos portraying him as a cool parent in game show segments with his family, and a survey showing that 7 out of 10 Filipinos aged 18 to 24 want him to be president. But whatever the reasons, ultimately this is where we are, and as far as Robredo, she has asked supporters to accept any final results, but in the meantime her team is looking to allegations of voter fraud. But Honestly, it would have to be blatant and overwhelming voter fraud to account for the massive lead that Marcos has. But ultimately, that is where we are, and we're gonna have to wait to see what happens once Marcos takes power. Both as far as what it means for the full country in general, as well as if he's going to use his new power to scrub his family name. But ultimately, that is where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, being a part of the conversation. If you're looking for more news, I got you covered right here. But while you think that over, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.